Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We'll get to the hoops coming up tonight. Another big night for the Knicks as they get challenged down in Miami by the Heat. And the Nets uh, get destroyed by the Boston Celtics, which is basically going to happen tonight. We'll get to how Montana embarrassed Brady again in a quick second. Let's go to Joe in Westchester. What's up, Joe? Hey, um, I had one one umpire that can uh, umpire the game. Yeah, who do we got? Better than Angel Hernandez. Wow. That's anybody. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> Not bad. Now we have yeah. ourselves a celebrity umpire. Very good. Um, Joe Montana, the jersey he wore for the drive, uh, broke an NFL record for amount of money received on a jersey being sold at auction. It got $1.212 million, which is insane. Over a million dollars for a game-worn jersey. But what gave me joy, Joes, is that it broke the record once held by little Tom Brady. <laughs> little Tom Brady had the old record in which his jersey from 21 with the Buccaneers Sold for $480,000. So Joe Montana tripled the Tom Brady record of how much some sucker would pay for a game worn jersey. The collection business is doing well. <laughs> you think so? It's a lot. That's... What's the most money you've ever spent on any kind of memorabilia? I See, I'm never a memorabilia guy. I'm more of a, like, I'd rather meet the player and then something personal or whatever it is. Right. Um, the most I've paid for something is probably, like, I want to say $15. And it, was just, <laughs> it was just, like, the ball that I wanted. I'm, but, not, I'm not laughing at you because, you know what, you're smart. You're smarter just, than most of us. I've never been into, like, memorabilia like that. Right. You know, to be able to buy. I mean, but I have friends that spend a lot of money on stuff. Dude. Baseball cards. Yeah. Jerseys, signed jerseys, it's a lot. So My dad used to be a collector, so I'm sure his answer is absurd because he used to collect all sorts of stuff from the Mets back in the day. I never got into collecting. I just never did. It just yeah. never intrigued me. I'm kind of like you. But I think I've spent like a couple of hundred dollars on something, probably like an autograph picture yeah. of some really cool moment or memory. But to up that to the level of a million dollars, to up that to the level of a hundred thousand dollars, to up that to the level of like ten thousand dollars, that to me is crazy. Now, if you're doing it as an investment, people look you, at it as investments. Yeah. So, but but okay, this Montana jersey, is it going up? Like, are you spending one point two million dollars on a jersey from forty years ago, and then it's like exploding even higher? Like, I have a tough time believing that. Yeah, I. 
I don't know how people put like value on that, you know. Um, like I understand, you know, a little bit with card collecting because people, you know, there's certain grades of the cards and if they're signed or not. So I understand those things, but um, and you're buying them relatively cheaper, right? So then, then the value increases over time if you're buying it for that much. Um, However, if you think about it, that Mickey Mantle card, the guy that owns the perfect Mickey Mantle card that's worth like $6 million or something like that. Right. He bought it at like a hundred something thousand dollars and people thought he was crazy then. When did he buy that initially? Um, How long ago was that? Jeez, I don't remember that. But I remember it was a while ago and they said that people looked at him like he was crazy. Now they don't. He has it like in a case, in right. a special case. He got the last laugh because the value went up. It's a lot of money. It's the most valuable baseball card, I think. If you uh, were in the outfield when Judge hit 62 at Yankee Stadium, if it was at Yankee Stadium, he hit 62, you catch it. Are you selling it or are you keeping it? Am I? I'm not. What am I keeping for? I want, let me get some money. You know, I'm from oh, the so Bronx. You're tra- you know, <laughs> I'm trying to make some money, man. I, I'm not blaming you. Let's go. I'd probably think- sell it to Judge, though. The guy actually lost money on that. Well, the guy, yeah, the guy thought he was going to make money, and someone offered him money at the time. He turned it down, and then when he sold it at auction, it was for less yes. than what the guy initially offered. Wait, wait. So this, you have three options here. Yes. Number one is, and by the way, the only reason I asked you if you'd keep it is because you just said. Yeah, the collectibles I would like is something I personally got. Right? I'm not a fool. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a fool either, you know? All right, so option number one, keeping the ball is out. You're yes. not keeping it. Not keeping the ball. Option number two is highest bidder at auction. Whatever okay. that is. Million bucks, to I don't know. Highest bidder at auction. Your third option is you get to meet with Aaron Judge, and Aaron makes you a deal. He gives you a jersey. He gives you a hug. He records a video with you. Whatever the hell you want. What are you doing? I mean, you're taking the money. Like, let's not let's not kill Yeah, I, like, okay. I, I love you, Judge. <laughs> but you know, I I got to You know, I got two kids, bro. I got to feed my family, man. Like, you know, just what it is. Oh, I don't blame you. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you're apologizing to Aaron Judge. Yeah, like I'm sorry, Aaron. I'm sorry. Aaron. I apologize. But he could pay too. You know, you're he gonna make Aaron too. Judge pay two million dollars for his freaking ball. I don't think he'd pay, but he'd pay something. Nah, I'm he would pay close to that. I Maybe. I wonder, like, as much as guys love their own, like, memorabilia, I cannot imagine, even though he makes an absurd amount of money, so yeah. you can argue, why yeah, wouldn't yeah. he do it? He makes so much money, it's not that much. I don't know if Aaron Judge would, because I've never heard that. Like, I've never heard in any one of these historical ball moments or jersey moments where the player themselves says, hey, I want that, mm. I'm just going to go rebuy it or buy it. Like, I've never heard that happen, which leads me to think that they have enough other collectibles, because yeah. really every jersey you have, you could have, you just keep it. You just don't don't give it away. Like you'd have every one of them. That guys just don't put that much value in yeah, things like Yankees that. Yankees could buy it for him too. They have, not, a lot, they, have a, they have a lot to go around. They're not doing that. <laughs> it's not as nice as they wanted to be and trying to re-sign him. They were never doing that. Listen, I just love the fact that Tom Brady got beat by Joe Montana because I know that bothers Tommy. Tommy's a little upset about that. Roy Roy is in Middletown. What's up, Roy? Hey, uh, good afternoon, guys. How you doing? Good. Um, hey, good. Evan. Uh, hey, Joe's. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, Evan. Real quick. Um, make sure you watch SmackDown uh, tonight before I get into my uh, reason I called. Oh, hold on, it's hold, be on a- hold on, hold on. Before you say anything, now I will watch SmackDown tonight. Of course, I'm a big okay. wrestling fan. Okay. My oldest son now loves it. Big Cody Rhodes guy. Are you saying okay. this because you know something? I'm saying this because uh, Roman Reigns is going to be on tonight, and it's going to be pretty good. Let's just leave it at that. 
Okay, oh. that was very sure. mysterious, but I'll be watching. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Roy. Okay. Now, now real, I'll, I'll make this quick because we're up against the hour. Um, I hate the pitch clock, and I'll tell you why. Why? I'm an ex-collegiate pitcher. And when you play sports, I think I look it through the eyes of the pitcher. When you're a quarterback, you look it through the eyes of the quarterback on the field. Mm-hmm. And as a former pitcher, I don't want to be told how quick I got to deliver a pitch. Um, and I just, you know, I just think that the threat of the game has always been no time. Whether, you know, it's nine innings, it's three outs. Yeah, can I ask you a question about that, though? Because I, by the way, completely fair. I totally get why you as a pitcher would think that. Right. Do you like, though, that the batter no longer can step out as many times as he wants on you? Because that was also a part of this. Well, he can step out the one time. You're right. No, no, no. I mean, like, you don't like the pitch clock. I'm saying, do you like the idea, then, that the batter has these rigid rules, too, which is, hey, you have to get in that box within seven seconds, and, oh, by the way, you only get one time out. I totally get you're looking at it from the pitcher's perspective, and I'm asking you, well, what do you think about what's happening to the batters? Don't you like that part of, part of it? I, I I really don't um, from a standpoint of that, okay, it, it, from a hitter's standpoint, you're right, okay? They're kind of stuck. And Scherzer, I mean, the other day I was watching, I'm not a Mets fan, I'm a Yankees fan, but yeah. I got to tell you, I mean, he's taking advantage of what he's given now in the pitch clock. And, you know, I know he can be a jerk at times, but he's got to look at the upside and say, okay, I got to freeze the batter now because right. now – they're telling me how quick I got to deliver a pitch. I, so, I, I don't see anything wrong with that, though. Like, yeah. when, once there's new rules, the, the key is going to be, okay, how do you adjust to it? What are you going to do with it? And so, now, if you missed it today, and we explained this earlier in the show, Joe's and I, that Max Scherzer got called for a violation on a pitch that he threw right at zero. It was after zero, but at right. zero, and it was a double play. And the umpire waved it off and said, no, violation, sorry, ball number one. So, Max kind of outsmarted himself. He made a mistake today, and it cost him. But Scherzer playing that cat-and-mouse game or a batter playing that cat-and-mouse game, okay, I I don't see the issue with this. This is just a, a new cat-and-mouse game. You just get, It's just getting used to it. You know, the same thing, like, you know, you, you, you he was pitching in college, and I, I know exactly how he feels. Like, I I'm, I control the game here. You know, this is it's up to me as a pitcher. But... How long do you really need uh, to get going? <laughs> like, it's a fair just, question. All right, you you already know the sign because of pitch com. Like, what else do you need to go through? Before there were a lot of signs you had to go through. They were switching signs with runners on base. You don't need to do that anymore. Well, but he's saying he misses the power, and he's right. The pitcher okay. had that power. The pitcher had the power, and the batter to a degree too, because the batter can step out. He can take as much time as he wants. Yeah, he may get a warning from an umpire. Big deal. He's going to fiddle with his batting gloves. He's going to adjust his jock. He's going to all these different things. But the pitcher also felt like, hey, this game goes when I go. Right. And so, yeah, I get why a pitcher may not like it. But guess what? The rules weren't made to keep a pitcher happy. Right. The rules were made to keep the fans happy and to keep the game moving, and it's worked. I mean, it, it has. Whether you, If you've watched the game, you know it because you've seen it, and you walk away from it saying, wow, that, that moved, and that was fun. Does the game feel rushed to you? No. It doesn't. It feels normal, right? No, like a feels normal very normal. game is just ending quicker. So It feels as if the way – so I'll give you an example. Um, 
My dad and I have always been big on this for years. We are not. I, I've been yelling for the pitch clock for a decade. I'm not trying to take any credit. I'm trying to say that me and my dad have been bitching about this for a long time. Yes. And so when my dad would come to a game, he would be excited when Steven Matz was pitching. And the reason he was excited Steven Matz was pitching is because Steven Matz got the freaking baseball and he threw it. And so he would always joke, well, we know we're going to have a quick game. Yeah. And so it became a joke. Like, oh, Matz is pitching now. We got a chance for two and a half hours because it became unwatchable to watch guys take forever. So the reason it doesn't feel weird to me is Steven Matz is now pitching every night. Steven Matz is now everybody. Yeah. Jokes aside, for anybody who wants to make fun of Stephen Matz, <laughs> but you get what I mean. Like the pace of play is a fast working pitcher, and there have been fast working pitchers. Yeah. There just haven't been enough fast working pitchers. That Pedro Baez, and I'm sure you've seen the video. I have, yes. Describe can, it though for the audience. You cannot have that. It's a Pedro Baez where he just, it takes him forever to throw a pitch. You know, the viral video where Altuve goes around and he, you know, he inside the park home runs like six times before uh, he actually throws a pitch. It's just, it's tough to watch. It's absurd. You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. So just get the ball. You can just throw it and that's it. You know, it's, it's fine. And I think that a lot of starting pitchers specifically won't be affected by this because they were right around that pitch clock time anyway. One thing I just saw, and I appreciate Pete Hoffman texting me this, and I knew this was going to happen. But I'm just preemptively talking about things that are going to affect us next month. The Minnesota Twins used the new shift, the legal shift, that I think is going to dominate baseball. I've so seen it. Aaron Hicks, be careful. Aaron Hicks is like, oh, I hit a ground ball to right field yeah. base hit. Okay. So here's what the Twins did. They took their left fielder and they put him in that short right field spot. So you've got your third baseman basically playing shortstop. You have your shortstop a little bit to the legal position to second base, mm-hmm. your second baseman playing second, and then your left fielder is on the grass and short right, playing where the old shift used to be. So you are risking the outfielders. You got a guy in center, a guy in right. You're basically leaving left field open, but you're shading your center fielder to left center. You're basically saying go run down a lot of balls. But you have the shift. Like the infield alignment with the guy on the grass in right field is exactly what they're trying to get rid of. And the only cost that you're losing is is, yeah, you're losing your left fielder. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll see if that matters. You better be right. Because uh, <laughs> somebody bloops one over the third baseman's head, and that ball's rolling forever. But you know what? <laughs> so, Joe's, it's the same metrics that led to yeah, the shift to begin with. Exactly. They're saying, yeah, that may happen. May happen once in a while. But you know what's going to happen more often? Joey Gallo's going to hit one right into the shift. Aaron Hicks is going to hit one right into the shift. Daniel Vogelback is going to hit one right into the shift. So I do think when this season starts, we're going to see a lot of that. I just wonder how outfielders are going to, like, I mean, that, for a left fielder, an actual left fielder to go to short right field, that's a transition there. And I guess you got to, it depends on what right field you're going to, too. Because if you're going to Yankee Stadium, would you really do that there? That's a short right field. Ah, That kind of cuts you off a little bit, right? It does. parking will help. Yeah, it does, but think about it. You're trying to combat those singles and doubles that will not be if you have the guy playing short right. You watch every Yankee game. Yeah, I don't want to defend Aaron Hicks here, but he is sort of right. How many base hits did he lose to the shift last year as a left-hand hitter? He lost a lot. Rizzo was the one that Rizzo was the worst. You're right. He was like... I used him. You're right. That's a better example. I was super excited when they announced this rule for him. So if you're facing Anthony Rizzo, aren't you doing it? Aren't you saying, okay... 
You could, but Rizzo also has that back control that he can go a little bit the other way, and if he bloops it to the left, that he can hurt you. But what have these guys time. shown us for the last five years? They're not making adjustments. They're mm. still going to try to hit the ball hard, and that means hitting a lot of balls in a short right field, which is now protected by a guy over there. The Yankees actually have a little bit of an advantage here. I'll tell you why. When you're playing as Waldo Cabrera in left field, That's he's good. perfect That's to shift over there. Yeah, He's like, yeah, I've done this. I play every position. Yeah. When you shift Giancarlo Stanton over there, it's a little weird. Well, if, you keep him, <laughs> if you keep him in right, he shouldn't be playing left. That's right. So, be, they, so Aaron, judge. Aaron Judge is shifted yes. over there. And by the way, that's weird for Aaron Judge. Yeah, I'm sorry. Be. Or put Bader. I don't know. It feels like chess. Now, like, I'm moving different pieces in different places. It's just strange. So the, the geek in me is very excited about <laughs> the 7-3 put out. Because <laughs> it used to be, oh, it's 5-3, but the ball was hit to the right. Now I'm going to have to write 7-3. Which cannot happen. Like I don't know. If that's, oh yeah, that's physically not a thing. You love your scorebook. I love, dude. I love my scorebook. You kidding me? <laughs> score a little Yankees Tigers tonight. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. I may score Mets tomorrow though. Okay, that's because my oldest son loves to score. He wants to be like that. Oh, you taught him too. Hey, well, you know what happened? We go to games. I take him to games, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to score the game while I'm teaching him baseball." And he's like, "Can I do that, Dad?" And I was like, "Of course." So I give him the book, and it starts with, "What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now?" And for like four innings, he was just doing it. He was following along. Then after four innings, it's like, okay, my hand hurts. I need a little bit of a break. Yeah. And then as the time has gone by, he has learned it. Can't do it on his own. So like what would happen is if I watch the Met game tomorrow, it'll be a fly ball to left field. I'll say, what is that, Chad? And he'll say, um, eight. It's like not close. It's seven. So he's like close. Learn the positions. It's good. It's you going to do, do that with your son now? I might do it. I might start doing it if I just – I know how to score a book. It's just I haven't done it watching a game in a long time. But um, your kids try to imitate you. So if you do things enough, you know, <laughs> like he tries to like watch and stream and watch Yankee games with me as well. I can't be cursing as much. I was going to say, do we have audio of your kid, you know, screaming? <laughs> is where you play the audio, Big Mac. Hello, Big Mac. Okay, this is where you play the audio. I'll cue you up. So does your kid, does your 10-year-old all of a sudden randomly just... Look at the TV during a Yankee Red Sox game and scream at the TV. Okay. We'll try it again. Please stand by. Please, so, here, I'll set it up again. So, while <laughs> does your 10 year old watch a Yankee Red Sox game and is like, I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from you. And after DJ LeMayhew hits a pop up to right field and then Joey Gallo strikes out on three pitches and then he watched the Red Sox at line drives all over the place, does he turn on a microphone and scream this? What are we doing? Respond. How are the Yankees going to respond in this against division rivals? Not, not this Three part, against the Blue Jays. You lose two out of three. All right, thank you, you got thank swept you, against you. Detroit. Enough, I didn't enough. want to talk about that. I meant the line drive part with the mother bleeper sound. <laughs> Don't you have that clip? <laughs> That's what we want to hear the 10 year old. This scream. is what a level swing <laughs> looks like. Whoa. Where's the dump button? Okay. Did you get that? <laughs> we all did, but we may be naked course, on the dump yeah. right now. So okay. just uh, vamp. Right. No, we're good. <laughs> That's what I. I Obviously, we all got that one. Right, no, I apologize to the audience. I went to a caller who was distracted, and he was talking to somebody else. And while talking to somebody else, he was not talking to me. He wasn't talking to Joe's. He accidentally was very passionate about what he was discussing and may have used words that Joe's likes to use a lot during his Yankee rants. It may sound something like, I don't know, this. This is what a level swing looks like. Yeah, like that. 
That's basically. <laughs> you know, it's kind of our fault. It's like, I want to be like you, Dad. The guy just heard that clip and was like, oh, I, all right. And show you how to hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that cracks me up. I was mad. I was yeah, mad. Were you? I was really mad. You sure you were mad? Hey, wait, wait till your 10-year-old starts doing that. I don't think he'll be doing that. And show you how to Yeah. Can you believe this? Aaron Hicks, please. <laughs> it's actually, I, I think that that video was from a while. I don't remember what year it was, but it wasn't recent. The it's got to be 2018 because I assume the Red Sox yes. were really good. The thing about it is, is that as I started to do more social media and get a little bit bigger in social media, I started to get to know more of the players. So it's kind of like, it's kind of tough because some of them are my friends. Oh, so don't, like, do, don't do this. I'm not. Don't I, do this, Joe. So what, now because you're friends with them, you won't rip them? Come on. No, I won't. Not. Not that I won't rip them. Then what won't you do? I won't, I won't like outright just straight disrespect them. You, you won't know? call them a mother bleeper? I won't, do, I won't do stuff like that. Like, I'll... I'll I won't rip them. I say, hey, I, you got to be fair. Like You haven't hit in three weeks. What do you want me to do? You just won't call them like a That's really right. bad name. They don't get mad if you if you don't, like if you, and you probably heard this a lot, they don't get mad when you criticize their play on the field. If they ever feel like it gets personal, they get upset. Yeah, Joey Gallo thought it got personal. You were booing oh, yeah? him, and it really hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't boo my own players. So I don't know. No, I don't. Against the Red Sox who see you. Yeah, he doesn't boo his own players. He just does that. Three against the Red Sox. I was talking about the whole team, too. I was upset. No, listen, man. I got to give you respect for that. You were very angry. Yes. Right, let's go to Damon in Connecticut. What's up, Damon? Uh, Mr. Robertson, uh, friend, you guys are great. Just had a quick question. Uh, truly question about an IBO question for you. The Knicks, I know you're a net fan. Knicks are doing great. If next year, if you could do one move to put this team to the top, whether it's trading Randall for another player, whether it's this or that, I'm just curious as your basketball opinion, what have they got to do to get to that next level? First of all, I really appreciate using IBO as a reference point. IBO means independent basketball observer. And the other thing I want to say before I answer that as an IBO, I've named our coalition. So yesterday, Joe's, I created a coalition of Nick haters. Okay. And I said it should be net fans who hate the Knicks, or really any basketball fan that hates the mm -hmm. Knicks. People that hate basketball, you can join it too. And then Ranger fans who feel like all the Nick talk disrespects them. Like the Knicks get all the attention. So it's a coalition of Nick haters, and that's the name of it, by the way. We're the CKH, the Coalition of Nick Haters. So we'll see if that sticks. I don't know if it does. Clearly IBO does. Um, real quick on that. I'm still not buying Julius Randle. And that's not to knock the season he's had. He's had an all-star season. Okay? Absolutely has. He's a part of why the Knicks are where they are. Okay? I acknowledge that. Guy's had a great year. I don't trust him. And you can see it even in this great season that there are moments. Like even mid-third quarter against the Nets the other night where he single-handedly tried to give the game away. I'm not as much about the fact that he's blocking Obi Toppin, and he is. I mean, Obi Toppin has never had a chance. He's never had a chance to play here as long as Julius has been here. He'll score six points and get set down. That's right. And he'll have a monstrous dunk, or like in the Nets game case, he'll yeah. miss a dunk. And he'll give you some good moments, but he'll never get that full opportunity. So besides star hunting, which is always going to be a thing, every team should do that because stars win in this league, mm -hmm. I would look at Randall's value now that it's been built back up. Everybody at this radio station, myself included, 
all wanted to dump Julius Randle after last year. Everybody did. Now he's having a really good year, and it's like, oh, I love Julius. I can't trade Julius. What we saw last year could happen again. Like that inconsistency we've seen from him is still a thing. So the first order of business I'd have is I'd kind of analyze the trade market of Julius Randle, and I would also look at who's the next star. What the hell was that? Who's the next star that's going to be available? And right now we may not know the answer. Yeah. But someone will become available. Adding a nice point guard to the team would be really nice. Well, you did. You got your guy. Jalen Brunson is That's the man. Fine. And congratulations on that. You want Shea Gildas Alexander when he demands his way out of OKC? Fine, go get him. Adding him was really nice. Um, I like what the Knicks are doing, man. And it's just, you know, I mean, Charles, Bar- Charles Barkley said that this is like the best free agent signing, you know, one of the best of all time. I, I don't know, but he's really good for the team. Um, I like Hart. I I love how this team plays and it's just it's it's just awesome. You know, watching some Nick a Knicks basketball, if we could be able to come back, that'll be great. Yeah, I, I think that to Barkley's comment about Jalen Brunson being the greatest free agent signing in Nick history, <laughs> it, my response to that would be we determine free agent signings He's based on NBA history too. Well that's insane. That's the most that's stupid crazy. that's a stupid statement. LeBron James was a free agent signing. Okay, they went to four straight NBA finals and they won two championships. So that I'm going to whatever he said, I assume it's the greatest free agent signing in Knicks history. And even with that, what I would say is you judge a free agent signing over a period of time. And I'm not cautioning that Jalen Brunson's going to like the clock's going to strike midnight or anything. I think he's a tremendous player. I think he's right. had a tremendous season. He's had a great year for this team, especially over the last month and a half. So there is no shade here on Jalen Brunson. But Amari Stoudemire looked like the greatest free agent signing, too. And then things changed. Not that it's going to change with Brunson. My point is, okay. things changed. Okay, so let him be here for a couple of years, win something, and then, yeah, it's a worthy discussion. He could very well end up in that kind of boat as one of the great free agent signings of all time. No doubt about it. Yeah. Robin Greenlawn, what's up, Rob? Hey, Ed, how are you? We're good. What's up? Um, just really finding all this talk about uh, the pitch clock, the for and against. I'm finding it very, very, very fascinating. And um, I can't seem to make up my mind. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. But I can't help but think of all the things that we haven't even thought of yet that are going to be effective. Go like, ahead. Give me one. I go to a Met game, they're, like they're throwing or for a Yankee game. The last thing in the world I want to do is miss the half game, hit miss half the game because they're out there checking my clear plastic bag out in the parking lot. And they, they, that's happened on several instances. Um, well, you know, another thing I was thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll let you make point number two. Can I respond with point number right. one? Yeah. Get to the game sure, earlier. Yeah. Get yeah. to the game earlier. All right? Solved. Yeah, but sometimes at work, you, you know, yeah, people work for you. know. It's, it's, I know. It's tough, I work you know? for a living. I get off at 630. I got to rush to City Field. Trust me, it ain't easy, but... No, right. you, you know but what? You're, you're a rabid fan. What about you? Just your average fan. I'm just talking about the kid going. No, you. You. It, it's. It's definitely fair. If you walk in 20 minutes late, you may miss an inning and a half. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and the other things I was thinking about was like, look, I, look, I tend to bar for the Mets for 20 years. I tend to bar at the Diamond Club. Tend to bar, bar up in the restaurant, up in the outfield there. And what are they going to do? Cut beer sales off at like an hour and a half into the game? Like you're going? It's going to be eight o'clock. They're going to say last call. I mean, it's going to be that. That's going to get a little ridiculous. Um, you know, like what are they going to do with alcohol sales? Are they usually they cut it? I think in the seventh, seventh, yeah, middle of the seventh. You know, and then you know, think about all the money you're paying to see the Grom or Scherzer or or 
or uh, to, to, to you know to see some of the best players in the game. These starting Rob, pitchers and others are gone. I love now how you're worrying. I love how you're worrying about their pockets. I man. mean, I love that. yeah, like what? Seriously, we're, we're, we're <laughs> worried that the game's going to be too quick now. Like, who does that about the NBA or the NHL? Both sports are very quick, by yeah. the way. Like, does anyone say that? Yeah, I had a good time at the Ranger game, but boy, it was too quick. Like, well, when did this start? This almost feels like complaining for the sake of complaining. It, do- it does feel that way. It does. Like, I know it's weird to say, wow, baseball did something and it's really awesome. Like, we're not used to that. Our knee-jerk emotion or reaction is to say this. Rob Manfred is an idiot. That's what we all want to do. We all want to rip this guy. I've done it. I have too. Many, many times. Deservably so. Yeah. This is not one of those situations. This is a good call. Yeah. This is a good call. Like getting to the game on time. You know what? I I take back the first thing I said. He's actually right about that. You go to work. You're picking your kid up from school. You sometimes cannot control what time you get to the game. Security lines. Missing a half hour is different than it would have been a year ago. I acknowledge that. Okay, you're right. That stinks. But, oh, man, when are they going to cut off beer sales? I don't have enough time to wait on that uh, that line in the bathroom. I mean, they're You making... may miss a lot of the game if you get up to go get concessions. Like, a yeah, lot yeah. of the game. Yeah. So. Well, I've come up with an idea about that. Okay. So, you know how all the rich people sit in these lower bowl seats? They call them the legend seats at Yankee Stadium. You've yeah, heard of that, right? I've heard of it. The Mets have very expensive seats, too. They don't call it legend seats because they don't have a lot of legends. And so what you have the option to do is you take this menu out and you order something. And there's a waitress or a waiter that comes by. You order your food. You order a drink. You can even do it on your phone now. It's mm-hmm. really, really cool. Yankee Stadium has this really frozen blue drink. I love it. I order it. I get it. Gets me through a Met-Yankee game. Everybody's happy. I believe that we need waitress and waiter seating everywhere. It should not just be for the rich folk. Upper deck, waitress and waiter seating. Left field line, waiter and waitress seating. And you use your phone and you want to do a surcharge? Okay, I get it. You're making someone get up, plus you should tip that person. 100% more expensive. And if you decide, you know what, I don't want to pay that expense, I'd rather miss an inning or two, then you miss an inning or two. Totally get it. I call, this is my declaration if I run for commissioner, I've been thinking about it. I give waitress service to all. Waiter and waitress surface to everybody in the ballpark. It should not just be the rich folk. Your thoughts? They'd have to hire quite a you know a lot of people, and then more jobs. I just created more, more jobs. jobs. You're That's welcome, great. Love that. Yep. Um, creating more jobs. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, I'd love that too. Don't get me wrong. I just I, I I don't know if you know. Sometimes it gets a little harder to get to some people if you you know when you have a lot of these seats together. Uh, in certain parts of the stadium, um, in each level though they do have waitress seating. Like it's just not on the upper deck. What are you crazy? Upper deck they have like this Audi section, but it's right behind home plate. Well, first of all, they have the Jim Beam Club. Jim Beam, Jim need, Beam. Sorry, you need a special ticket you to need get a in specialty. There. You do. See, you look at you. you you're very snooty. I'm not. You're, you're, I'm. I'm just saying what they have. <laughs> I've sat kidding. in every seat in that stadium. I, you know, I don't care where I'm sitting. To be honest, from the bleachers. Legends, whatever it is, I'll sit anywhere. Um, I mean, if you give me a legend seat, I'll take it <laughs> all day. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go ahead and if somehow, some way, unless I'm waiting for my food for a half hour, that's what I'm thinking. 55,000 people ordering food. 
it might take a long time for you to get your chicken. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like I, I've actually thought about this a little bit. I don't think hiring all, let's be honest, it'd be great to create all those jobs. Absolutely. I don't think they would do it. So I was thinking just in every section, there would be certain vendors like that still walk around beer, soda, limited options, but you could somehow like put in a page or something and they're aware, all right, you're looking. Oh, so you're like, as opposed to just randomly walking up and down yeah. the aisles. Oh, they could okay. they could look at some sort of like pad that says, all right, I know this guy wants it and he can walk in that you know what? direction. That's a really good That's idea because, idea. and I don't notice as many vendors at Yankee and City Field. Like yeah. back in the day, oh my God, everywhere. I Beer, hot COVID, uh, COVID may have stopped a lot of it. Like after it? Yeah, maybe I, you're right. I want to get back to it. Like, um, But last year, did you notice a lot of vendors last year? I seen them like coming back a little bit more, uh, the vendors going up and down the aisles. But the year before that, I didn't see any. Yeah, so you were probably right that it was a COVID thing. But, yeah, some kind of technology where you page the vendor to come to you. Yeah. Now, one thing that a lot of these arenas and stadiums do, which is good, is that you can order your food and then pick it up. Yeah. So yeah. that exactly. does save the time on waiting on a long, long line. But these are not only options because you don't want to miss the game because it moves so quick. Right. They're also just great options in general. Right. Because who wants to get up? Like, the worst part of a Met game when I take my son, and I love him, and I will get up every time, is when he gives me that look, and it's usually in the fourth inning, and he says, Dad, number two. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, you're, just... you're so lucky. Like, my son, <laughs> my son waits until the, like, the, he's, he, I, sit, I see him there, like, I'm like, you need to use the bathroom. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's go to the bathroom. He's like, no, I'm fine. He waits to the like the biggest moment of the game. I need to go now. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm running up the aisle like with this kid on my shirt, like trying to take him up to the bathroom. I, it's so many times. It's like he does it to me on purpose. Maybe we could page for toilets. They could send urinals down to. Or Jack could do what he did when we went to that wrestling event. Me, Evan, his son went to the wrestling event. He turns to his daddy, goes, "Is Lugie gonna go get us food? I'm gonna go get your food. It's send your father. I'm going." He did request Lugie to get us food. That is true. When you take your kid to the bathroom at a game, do yeah. you use the regular room or do you use the family room? I try to use the family room as much as possible because I can control more things of there. Of course, of course, because you're a human being. But and if I respect I, If I check quick. I go, I check quick, Steve, but I'm not going to sit there and wait with him because I'm telling you, it's code red with him. So I got to, like, run into the bathroom and then I'll... I'll take him to, he's very adamant about using the adult urinal, even though there's a children one, like a lower <laughs> right. one. He's like, no, I'm tall enough. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's, that could get a little dicey. It can. That's what I'm saying. The, so, the family know. room is one of the great inventions of all time. Yes. Because if you haven't used it, because maybe you're not in a family, which is fine, you shouldn't be using the family room, you open it up, there's a stall, there's a urinal, there's a, a thing to wash your hands, and it's private. Yeah, it's absolutely so. Here's the problem, and it's it's it was a Yankee fan. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a jerk here. It was Mets Yankees Subway Series. It was the game where Aaron Judge hit a home run in the first inning, and I got caught on TB. TBS caught me looking disgusted. And I, I don't know why I was caught on TV disgusted. So like the fourth inning, which is always customary, number two. I said okay, fourth inning, because you're right. You make a good point. If it's the fourth inning, I can live. Yeah. The ninth inning, big problem. So I go up to go to the family room, and it's, it says, uh, not vacant. What's the opposite Occupied? of vacant? Occupied. Thank you. And he's out of it. We got to use the family room. I don't want to use the men's room. There's a line yeah. in the mat. I totally get it. I'm with you. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And guess who comes out of the family room? A single dude 
One that's, guy by himself that's a problem. with his Garrett Cole jersey and his Yankee hat. What is that? What does the Garrett Cole jersey have to do with? And I'm just saying he's a bad guy for I'm doing just that. Just describing him, Joe. I just okay, want to be accurate. All right. I, you're very specific <laughs> about Garrett Cole. I remember he was wearing it. I thought. I think it's it's bad. I I would get really upset, especially when my my kids. Were, I still had them in like I would go to games like with my kids on like a Bjorn like here. Really? Yeah, I would have that. Like <laughs> I'd be that. carrying it. Like when my son Noah was like really young, I would I would carry him there, and you know it's a lot to change a kid. One guy would come out. I'm like, hey man, come on, this is a family room. What are you doing? Disgusting. Like, I gotta use the bathroom, dude. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. No. No, it's unacceptable, and this is why we use our bully pulpit. If you use the family room and you are just a single person there by yourself, I want you to understand something. You're a disgusting human being. I want you to know that. Joe's McFly has his baby stuck to him, okay? Sweaty. Sweaty with this Beyond thing stuck (laughs) to him like it's connected to him, and it's hot, and he's tired, and the Yankees have the bases loaded and one out. But because you are selfish enough to use that family room, he's standing there sweating his ass off waiting for you to be done. You should be embarrassed and ashamed. Yeah. I feel guilty when I'm coming out with my kids and I felt like they were taking too long. I agree. And there's a line of other kids waiting. I agree. I say I'm sorry. I say it every time. And this person who came out with that Garrett Cole jersey. Garrett Cole jersey. Once again, yes. And a Yankee hat. (laughs) I just stared at him. I didn't say anything in fairness. I just gave him like that dirty look. And, you know, he looked back and didn't say a word. Just like, okay, that was good. Had a good time. I'm done. That's disgusting. It really is. I got to tell you. And I want every human being listening, when this baseball season and seasons start, because yeah, they have it at uh, Barclays in the Garden, too, which is great. Don't do it. Don't do that. Because you're, you're, you're selfish. And there's something wrong with you. It's Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Carton and Roberts on the fan. WFAN, WFAN-FM, and WFAN.com. On a Friday, Carton and Roberts will return on Monday. Uh, Travis Kelsey's hosting SNL tomorrow. Do we care? Are we going to watch that, Joe's McFly, who's kind enough to be sitting in? Uh, I will not be. Well, tomorrow's Saturday, so I'm actually with the kids tomorrow. All day. I'm going to dedicate the Saturdays to the kids. And the- you didn't sound excited when you said that. Well, no, because we're, we're, 
it's what they want to do. So I'm like, you know, my daughter starts to like, uh, she likes to do stuff like, um, she likes to paint. She's like a painter. Oh, very so, nice. Uh, but she's probably going to do something. She talked to me about like painting my nails and stuff. I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> You're a good dad. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I know why you were hesitant. Oh, wow. She's going to paint my nails on yeah, my toenails all right. day. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, sound exciting. <laughs> I have not watched a live SNL in about five years. Now, I watch it sometimes on uh, DVR out of curiosity to see the cold open. Because sometimes the cold open can be funny. It'd be funny. Sometimes they have their moments. Uh, Travis Kelsey does nothing for me. So i <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I will not be watching it tonight. One quick thing. We'll get to some more of your calls. We'll build the Yankee lineup for next year. And Nick's heat, obviously, tonight. Yesterday, Rutgers embarrassed themselves. Uh, they basically choked down the stretch of the game they were playing against Minnesota. They were up by 10 with a minute to go and somehow blew the game and lost on a buzzer beater. I apologize for the cold language I just used. I was just mm. wanted to describe what happened. Yeah. Now, I have not heard this call, but our very own Jerry Recco of WFAN, of course, is the Rutgers announcer. And so I'm curious how he called not just a buzzer beater, but a buzzer beater against the team he's rooting for and – a buzzer beater that capped off like this epic collapse. So let's kind of see how much energy did Jerry Recco have. Minnesota inbounds. Cooper lets it bounce. Lets it bounce. Picks it up with five. With four. Cooper. The kick out. Battle. Step back three for the win. Good at the buzzer. And Minnesota stuns Rutgers. 75-74. Duke! <laughs> what was that? What the hell was that? I think that's his color guy. He went, uh, you know, joke. No way. Yeah. No, that can't be real. That sounded like a drop. Yeah, that's. I, I don't think. I think you got fooled. No, I don't think so. No, you got fooled. <laughs> what do you mean I got fooled? It's the cut that's in the system. Yeah, but where, who put that cut in the system? Lepresti. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think CeeLo probably had a Let's listen to it. Let's and maybe it's an inside ending. joke from the morning show. I apologize, but there's no way that that was actually said. I got. It says with Pearl. So I got to see. Oh, oh, no, no. With right, Pearl. Bruce Pearl. Yeah, Pearl. Yeah, yeah, Bruce yeah, Pearl yeah, had right, a rant right, the other right, day. Right, right. Say, oh. come on, big man. 74. Joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I understand him. I, Bruce Pearl uh, of Auburn had a rant the other day in which he was very disgusted by the officials. And I think that's a drop from... It is, yeah, yeah. Big Mac. <laughs> so what? Wait, was that the end? Did you get the whole call or not? <laughs> no, but the, the fact... only one in the system. I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you for playing it. I'm mad yeah. at you for defending that you well, think... it took it me for a second. I mean, I didn't know, you know, it was in the system. It says CeeLo, Jerry's final call. <laughs> Jerry did a great job. That was a good call. Yeah, that was a good call. Because he showed, like, the proper energy yeah. that, hey, it was a pretty cool moment, even though it was bad for the team I'm yeah. calling the game of. Yeah. He sounded like he was, like, surprised... Upset about it, but still, like, you know, it was a good call. There was one other thing from college basketball last night I have to bring up because I was fascinated by it. Uh, there's a kid on Detroit Mercy named Antoine Davis. Antoine Davis went into the game in the final regular season game of his college basketball career with a chance to knock off Pistol Pete Maravich's all-time NCAA scoring record, which feels like a, a monstrous deal. And Antoine Davis finished 3 points short of the record even took like a three at the end of regulation like a last second heave to try to tie the record and so there's two things that jump out at me number one it furthers the point i made yesterday 
Yesterday I was talking about Will Chamberlain's Fugazi 100-point game, mm-hmm. how it's really Fugazi because they were fouling on purpose just to get the ball back for Wilt. Like, it was a purposeful attempt for him to score 100 points. Meanwhile, here's this kid, this college kid, who's never going to make the NBA and make big money, who's got a chance for this record, and they weren't doing anything to help him get the record. Like, Detroit Mercy wasn't doing anything like we saw in 1961 for Will Chamberlain. So it seems like they played this honorable game, and he came three points short. I feel terrible for this kid. You got to set him up more, like, throughout the game. Uh Yeah. Foul on purpose. That's kind of tough. Foul on purpose to get the ball back so he could score points. Foul on purpose. (laughs) Now, in fairness, Pistol Pete, his record was over the course of three years and 83 games. Antoine Davis did it over five years and 144 games. And when Pistol Pete played, there were no three-pointers. There was no three-point line. Right. No, throw that in there, too. Sure. And Pistol Pete, I'll give you an example. Antoine Davis averaged about 24 a game, which is great, by yes. the way. I'm not, I, do, I mean no ill will towards this kid. He had a great college career. Pistol Pete in his 83 games averaged 44.2 points per game. That's a beast. That's a, I, be- that's yeah. a record that you almost deserve to keep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Five years, huh? Yeah. Oh, wow. He had like a... Yeah, how the hell did he play five years? <laughs> he played five I years. I think because of the COVID year, you got a oh, chance to like okay. kind of erase oh, that. Oh, listen, man. I, I, I really don't want to be a jerk here, but I'm going to have to say, what a Fugazi record it would have been. I mean, I'm sorry. As much as I, I wish he had more opportunities, can you imagine... He plays five years and double the amount of games. Well, you're seeing that in college uh, football, too, now with the transfer portal. There's, like, quarterbacks that are, like, 28 years old. Yeah. Like Stetson Bennett, he's, like, 26. The, the one thing I would love to see is LeBron James uh, get his college eligibility back and play college football. Like, why not? He never went to college. He still has the eligibility. A 42-year-old LeBron James playing tight end at Ohio State. I'm in. I mean, if Jared Smith could play golf. Yeah. I think he went back. He has eligibility. He played golf. So He did. Yeah, so why not? You'd Let's love see. that. How much would you love? I'm that? a LeBron guy, so I'd love to see that. I, I don't think he needs to, but... Needs to? Just be entertaining. It would be entertaining. <laughs> Who would want to see that? And these kids would be in awe. They'd be playing football <laughs> against the guy they grew up watching. You can only imagine those minor league baseball players when they were going up against Michael Jordan in 1994. I, that's Some of them were mad. The ones on his team. Some of them I heard... They were, were jealous of him? Yeah, because they were taking away at bats. Yeah, but in Space Jam, one of the catchers wanted to give Michael Jordan the signs. Remember that? And I heard that's a true story. Is that a true story, though? No. But <laughs> who knows? Hey, speaking of which, I, I have to bring this up because we just said giving away signs. There's a story, and I have not figured out why, but the quarterback of XFL's, I think, Orlando team, Quentin Dormady, Dormady was caught because he was leaking plays to the opponents. Like, what the hell is that about? He was a Benedict Arnold, and I don't, I can't figure out why. Is it has it come out what the point was here? Like, was he betting on the other team? Was he just being a nice guy to the other? Like, what, what the hell was going on? I think I I think he's challenging himself. He was the quarterback. He's saying, you know what? Here's the answers to the test. Oh, stop! And you still can't beat. <laughs> Except they did. <laughs> <laughs> they beat him. Let's go to Jay in Hicksville. What's going on, Jay? Hey. Guys, I heard about that fictitious team. I have a manager. There's only one guy that can lead this ball club. That is the great Jimmy Dugan. Oh, Jimmy There's Dugan. nobody better. Yeah, Jimmy Dugan isn't bad. I was going to think of, um, what's his name from Major League One? I forgot his name. Oh, the... Um, the old guy who they got as a used car salesman, yeah. whatever his name was. 
What was the guy? Who was the manager in Major League One? Lou Brown. Lou Brown. Brown. There I, it is. I got a quick. Uh, I got a quick pitch clock thing. Yeah. Do you think if they put it up on the scoreboard when it gets to three that people would count three, two, one like it would be a home field advantage? I've seen college teams do that. Like they count every time a guy throws a ball. I don't know if you've ever seen it on YouTube. The college team that does it, everyone screams. I could imagine it only because like twenty balls in a row. Yeah, I, I could imagine it only because I remember during the net playoff run a few years ago against Giannis, we were counting how long it was taking for him to shoot a free throw. Yeah, because there was a ten second rule and he was breaking it every time. So we were trying to help out the officials by counting, and it. I don't know if it affected him. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. It probably didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't see any negative to that though. If it's a new way to taunt the opposing pitcher, why not? Yeah, I mean, I'd be with that. I. I'm about like um, I kind of don't want to see the clock, but I mean, if we're counting down five, four, I mean that'll be good. Why right. would you not want to see the clock? I don't I, get that. As I don't care to see it. Like I, I would like, you know, I don't want it to be like in my face. Like you remember that first spring training game where it was like a huge clock behind the play. I don't want to see that. That's a little bit too big. Yeah. So on the first, you're you're right. I, I haven't figured out my I'm opinion. I'm fine yet. if it's like a small like. A smaller clock how it is right now, kind of like off to the side where you right, have to right. kind of look for it. But if it's like this big in-your-face clock, I'm not with that. So the first spring training game I saw, you're 100% right. Like behind the catcher, you saw the clock. And you saw it the entire time, you couldn't miss it. For the Yankees and the Mets, it seemed as if they wouldn't show you the pitch clock until it got to 8. I like that. And so, yeah, and I was like, okay, that's fine. I I don't know if I get anxiety from seeing the clock all the time. I've heard some people say that. I don't. I didn't mind it though when mm. I saw it. But yeah, if you don't want to show it till it gets to eight, fine. But I would want to see it when it's going down a three, two, one. Because yeah. if God forbid there is a violation like there was in the Met game today, where Scherzer gets a double play, but you see he threw it at zero, I would have known. Like now, when we watched the clip, Joe's and I watched this clip before the show because we weren't watching the Met game live. We knew there'd be a violation, but I think if I'm watching and I see it hit zero, I'd have known. Yeah. Like, I would have said, yeah, that doesn't count. And even after the pitch happened, in my brain, I would have known, yeah, that's it's kind of like the play clock hitting zero in the NFL. In the stands, I wonder if it's confusing, though. Like, if people knew right away, like, what's what's going on. They just see a ball. They thought it was a double play, but I don't know if there's a way to communicate that to the, the fans. They the probably didn't only because, okay, so imagine where you're sitting at a baseball game. You're yeah. sitting behind the plate or the third baseline. Where are you seeing the clock? Like, where are we seeing as the guy at the game, gal at the game, where is the clock? Now, at City Field and Yankee Stadium for the last few years, I don't know if anyone's noticed this, there's been a clock. Yeah. And they would count down commercial breaks. So, whatever it is, two and a half minutes, every time the inning would end, 2.30 would flash and it would count down. I loved it because yeah. when I was racing to the family bathroom, I could see how yeah, much really time bad. was left until the next inning started. Mm -hmm. That was in center field. Okay. So you could see it, but it's only when you're glancing out in center field. We're not looking at center field when the batter is up and the pitch is about to be thrown. Right. So you're right that for those at the game, we're probably not going to notice it because we're staring at the batter, and where would there be a clock that we would see that? We wouldn't see it. Yeah, unless you put it like on the second deck awning or something. That's the only way. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I don't know where you would put it. But. I don't think there's a good place for the viewer that's at the game. I think there's a good place for the viewer that's home because yeah. – you see it, but then again, it's the same thing in the NFL. Like, when I'm at a football game, I don't see the play clock yeah. unless I look up. I'm looking down at the field. I'm watching the actual play. So, 
it's sort of the same thing, but I also think that it just isn't going to be a big deal. Yeah. Like, I don't think there are going to be that many moments where, hey, did he get off on time? Hey, was that a violation? Like, I just don't think it's going to be a common thing. You'll get used to it by, like, the middle of the season. You won't even, like, there'll be a pitch clock, but you won't even notice it because pitchers will just be in the groove. I think we're going to get used to it before the season's even, like, a week in. Oh, like, okay. I think days into the season are going to be like, yeah, we're used to it. Adam's on Staten Island. What's up, Adam? Evan, I know you hate the Knicks, but let me just ask you, why would you want to put Randall in it? Like, if you were to make a move next year, mm-hmm. why would that be the piece to trade? I mean, this guy, first Because I don't all, trust I mean, him. He makes, he makes don't trust bonehead him. plays. Listen, yep. I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah. But he's the only, he's the guy, he, he probably feels like he has to do everything. If you had a true star on that team and Randall and Brunson, in fact, let me just put it to you this way. I don't, we don't know what they, what they, what the Cleveland, with um, with the deal with Utah was. But right, right, right. If you would have gotten rid of Barrett, Grimes, and Toppin, and whatever picks it was, mm-hmm. and right now you had Mitchell, Brunson, and Randall, where would their ceiling be? You think higher? That's for yeah. sure. Right, absolutely so higher. Whether or not yep, you trust yep. Randall as a number one is almost irrelevant because he's really not a number one. I, You know what scares me about him? And I promise you, I'm not. this is not an opinion based on disliking the Knicks. I swear to God. Because I'll say positive things about Quentin Grimes and Jalen Brunson all day if you want it. Because why would I say anything negative? They've played their asses off. I don't think he's a winning player. i got to tell you, and I've watched him now a lot for the last four years. As of you, you're a Knicks fan. And I give him credit for a bunch of things. The guy goes out and plays every game. And I think that's awesome. He goes out and plays every freaking game. And he plays 35, 36 minutes a night. I don't think he's a winning player. And I, I think I ultimately, think if you're trying to win a championship, I would move on from him when his value's at its peak, which is right now. I disagree. And this is, uh, Evan, I think what you are undermining is the fact ahead. that on that team, he has to be the guy that does everything when he I, shouldn't be. I do, you know what? No I, I would have agreed with you a year ago. I would have agreed with you two years ago. I don't agree with you anymore on that. I'm sorry. I don't think he has to do everything. I think that Jalen Brunson has certainly picked up a huge load. And while R.J. Barrett has taken a step back, you've got a lot of good players on this team. Emmanuel quickly is a legitimate sixth man of the year candidate. Mitchell Robinson better stop talking trash about Nick Claxton. But outside of that, when he's on the court, he makes a huge impact. We saw Quinton Grimes and what he can do in that Nets-Knicks game. I don't buy that crap anymore that, oh, poor Julius, he has to do everything. Stop with that. No, he doesn't. They have a decent roster. I think Randall looks at himself as like he's the number one option, though, the whole time. Like and he's even, not. Even with Brunson. Like, he's not. And sometimes he'll commit certain turnovers where you're just like, man, you don't need to do that. Yes. You feel like you're forcing the issue. Yes. You don't need to do that. Uh, yep. You have help. Yes. You know, it's not like it's just you and nobody. You know, so. You're right. He plays as if he doesn't have help when he does. Right. And he has had, a, I'll say it again, because he has. He's had a great year. Disputing his year. Guy's had a tremendous season. He really has. I just don't trust him. (laughs) And think about it. This man has been here for four years. He's been a Nick for four years between the ages of 25 and 28, the prime of your career. He had a bad first year. He had a great second year. He had a bad third year. He's had a great fourth year. So I'll give him this. The guy goes out and plays every single game, and that is wonderful. And that is tremendous, and it's uncommon in today's NBA. When Jason Tatum is tired, you know what, Jason? Don't play tonight, then. I got no problem with that. You should take off tonight. And so should Jalen Brown, and so should Robert Williams, <laughs> and so should Marcus Smart. 
And so should everybody. I think you all should take a day off. You'll still win by 10. (laughs) Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.